All right, welcome back to the MPU podcast. I'm your host, Jane Amfito. I'm here with my friend Carson Fitzner today. It's a pleasure to have him on the podcast and finally bring on one of my hometown friends to the pod. Carson, good to see you, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, appreciate you coming, man. And, um, you know, before I get started, I just want to shout out our new Nanfito Productions uh, golf sponsor, uh, the official sponsor of the MPU podcast, Golf Junkie Co., the most affordable golf clothing brand in the United States. Golf addicts, we understand. Use code NP at checkout for 10% off your order. I'm telling you, it's the most affordable and most comfortable golf brand out there right now. So, you know, I'm really excited to promote that and kind of talk about that with you. But, uh, you know, a little bit about my guest here, Carson Fitzner from Middletown, Connecticut, owner of Fitzner Productions, LLC, uh, another media company here in Middletown, Connecticut. Um, you know, lifelong friend of mine. I'm excited to bring him on the podcast and to, you know, introduce him to my network and and uh, talk a little bit about how our businesses have formed and, and, you know, what has influenced some of my business decisions and so on and so forth. So, Carson, man, thanks for hopping on. Yeah, thanks again for having me. Yeah, of course. And, uh, you know, just so the audience gets a little background of yourself. I know I said you're from Middletown, but, uh, you know, give a little background. Where'd you go to school and, um, you know, what did you study and where, what are you doing now? Yeah. So I'm from, like you said, Middletown, Connecticut. Um, went to Middletown High School um, with Jay. Jay's a year older than me. So I was a class underneath him. Um, at Middletown, that's when I, you know, we'll get more into it, but that's where I started, like my, I guess, my video career. Um, so started doing like video classes at MHS. Um, after that, I went to Middletown or went to the University of Connecticut, studied digital media and design there um, for four years. Um, and now I run my company full time uh, as like a video production company. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's awesome, man. I mean, I, I really got to see the birth of name feeder production. <laughs> You've got to see the birth of Nanfeeder Productions. I got to see the birth of Fitzner Productions LLC. Yeah. I get those twisted up sometimes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, you you have been in the media industry for a long time, and a part of um, you know my collaboration this year is I'm looking to collaborate and work with more creators like yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you kind of started it all. We started it together. I mean, you know, yeah. back to Miss Pizzakowski's class, and um, you know, bat, bat, shout out to her and Bluetooth Studios and Middletown High. Yep. Um, you know, that's really where I think we developed some of our media, well, we, it's where we started the, uh, everything media wise. Um, mm-hmm. and it's so cool to see what your business has flourished into today. So, you know, what is some of your specialties in media and what do you provide for your customers? Yeah. So right now we're primarily a wedding videography company. Um, so we'll do about 40 weddings per year. Um, and that's usually during the months of like anywhere from May to like end of October, November, those are like prime months. Um, We also like branch out and do uh, commercial and corporate work. So um, we have some clients that get like social media content from us and they'll do their marketing with our video content. Um, We'll do real estate videos, drone work, anything and anywhere in between that. Um, But a lot of people will see our content, like our website set up for, primarily wedding videography um that's kind of our bread and butter right now yeah it's awesome man that so you know you you weren't always in the wedding scene um Mm -hmm. you know it's kind of developed into in your niche is now wedding videography yeah um you know how how has that developed and changed fitner productions landscape over the past couple years and 
um, you know, as far as team, you, you know, a team that you have, um, you know, how many guys are you going out for these weddings? 40 a year. That's, that's a lot. Yeah, it definitely gets busy. Um, I guess to answer like your first question, I feel like, like, so I started my company when I was 16, I'm 23 now. Um, and like, you know, when I say I like started my company, it was like doing highlight tapes for like kids in my class or for my like sister or like my other friends. Um, and then like from there, just kind of built based on like the demand that was out in the market. So someone would come and ask me, I remember I did a, a commercial for New England Vision and Blindness Company out of Worcester, Mass. Um, and I took it, I was like, yeah, sure, I can do this. And then I started doing a little bit more commercial work. Um, and then right before college, I was like, some videographer dropped out of the their wedding for like a family friend of mine. So then they were like, hey, like last minute, can you do it? And I was like, sure. So it wasn't really like, I had a path of where I wanted to go. It was more like there was a demand. I was like, sure, let me take a shot at it. And then um, based on how that went, I just kind of went along with it. Um, so, I mean, we just did that one video for a wedding one time that got us like five clients from that, that those five clients turned into 10, 20, you know, and so forth from there. Just keeping um, the ball rolling. With yeah, exactly. Word of mouth is huge. I mean, that's, now, a lot of the things that I'm seeing now with my own business is once you produce one, you know, video, 10, 20 people see that, that want your services. And now you got, you know, potential leads and, and everything, um, exactly. you know, and, and, you know, 16, when you started pretty crazy that, you know, now you're 23 years old and, you know, still full, you know, you're full time with it. Um, yep. you know, how has that been transitioning out of college? Like, you know, getting away from the typical nine to five, like, you know, I know previously my audience doesn't know, but you know, you were working in corporate and um, mm -hmm. what was that like kind of, you know, deciphering and saying, Hey, I, I got to go full time. Yeah. Um, so I, I, like I said, so I started when I was 16, I, I worked all the way through college, just like running the company. Um, but it was never to the point where I couldn't like balance everything. Um, and then I feel like out of college, I was kind of in the mindset where I was like, I need something stable. Um, it's just like kind of what you do. Like you get a job out of college and um, you go from there. So I think in my mind, I was like, you know, I, I just like people told me I need to get like a, a job. Yeah. And so I was like, I also in my mind, my mind, I wanted to get that idea of what like corporate America was like and see yeah. if I liked it. Um Cause I'm young, like might as well just like give it a shot and like see what happens. Um, and I, I loved like my job. I was a video producer, a, a, a company in Hartford. I worked there for about like a year. Um, and if it wasn't for like the growth of my company where we started doing so many weddings and it was like getting to like a full-time job, um, I think I would have like tried to stay and balance it a little bit more, Yeah. but like the company kind of grew to a point where if I didn't step away from my, uh, nine to five job, I would have been like hurting my company yeah. and the yeah. clients that I work for and kind mm -hmm. of do them like a disservice. So, um, but yeah, I think like either route, like a nine to five, or if you're doing like your own company, like there's a way to balance both of them or um, there's like pros and cons to both. So yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I'm, I'm in the same boat right now in corporate and, you know, doing this on the side and, you know, yeah, I find those challenges that you got to put in hours that typically you know, you, you could be chilling and, but to make the business successful, you got to put those hours in and, um, you know, crazy to see the growth of where you started and where you are now. And, 
um, you know, developing to your niche was something that I saw as, as far as just the quality of your work has increased every single year. Like, you know, you're putting out great work, man. And, um, you know, it's awesome for me to have someone on like you, because, you know, you were sort of that mentor as I was forming my own business and, you know, giving me advice and stuff and, and how to get into the industry. And, mm-hmm. um, so, you know, I appreciate you for, for helping me through those times and, um, yeah, so it's uh it's kind of like a full circle moment to to have you on the podcast and introduce you to everybody. But you know, outside of the uh, Fitzner Productions, like um you know, there's certain things that you know you you were doing and you were working in corporate and all the while, and you know you moved out, so you know a lot of things happen in your life. So to be able to balance that is you know it's it's, it's huge, and it strives me as a business to to get there one day because. Um, you know, eventually I want to go full-time in the amphitheater productions too. So, yeah, uh, you know, full circle moment, but you know, I want to touch base on some of the things that you studied while you're in school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you were at UConn and, um, you're in the digital media program there. Right. Yep. So, um, take us through like what that was like for you. And, um, you know, from a content perspective, like I personally didn't go through any classes like that, but mm-hmm. you know, is there something that you thought maybe differentiated you coming out of that program? Yeah, I thought, um, so I think everyone's like college experiences are different depending on like what, um, you know, major or what um, field you're going into. So like, obviously with like, if you're doing like engineering or like medicine or something like that, like, I think classes are like super specific and those are like, your like the biggest like focal points of your like education. Um, for me, I saw like the most value, um, I guess like I gained a lot of my video experience just through my company, like working and like in the field and getting experience that way. Um, And then I was able to kind of like couple that with my classes. So like some classes I would be doing like social media management or um, like there'd be a class on like documentary film, or there'd be like a class on how to use video content to um, like help support your social media content, like things like that. So I think I use the classes and like, my professors and the kids that I worked with in those classes um, to support my goals and like what I wanted to do after college. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, there's so many like different connections that I can like, I see like, you know, looking back now. So for example, like one of my professors, um, he now works at the Bushnell and we now work together. So he'll call up me and my company and ask us to do work with them because he knew me as like the student in the class and yeah. knew like what type of work I can do. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, there's like students and um, other kids that I've worked with that maybe still go to school at UConn or were working with me at like the athletics program Yeah. that I now how I hire them to uh, work like weddings with us and do all that kind of stuff. So, so many different like, uh, you know, connections that I was able to make there that help that I can see now. Um that were really beneficial. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. Like I, I had kind of a similar sh- experience at Western New England. Obviously we didn't have like a digital media program or anything like mm-hmm. that. So um, all of the editing and everything I've kind of learned on my own yeah. and YouTube university is awesome because <laughs> I, can't, I learned so much stuff on there. It's, it's pretty cool. So, um, but another thing that I touch base on with a lot of my athletes that I work with is making networking connections and, learning how to brand yourself to be able to get yourself out there and make those connections. Um, and it, and it seems that you've done a great job at doing that these past seven years. Um, 
to get your business to where you are working full time. So I wanted to, you know, kind of highlight that and, and show the difference of you now a company where I'm still sort of in those infant stages, I like to call it of, you know, where I want to be long term, you know, is full time on my own, but showing somebody that's in the field that is doing it is is really what I wanted to highlight in this podcast. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think that's awesome. You know, aside from that, you do have a sports background. So I thought that that was, you know, you, you, you did Frisbee while you're at, at, you know, UConn and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. What was that like kind of navigating, like playing a sport, getting, you know, I'm sure some of your games are on the weekends when you're probably filming and, and stuff yeah. too, right? Yeah, it was definitely like, a, I mean, like I played a club sport, so it's a little bit more like lenient. Yeah. Um, But it definitely, there's, there were a lot of times where like, there'd be like, you know, a party on the weekend or like we would go and travel for like a tournament or yeah. something would happen. And like, I have a wedding that was booked out like two years in advance. So um, it's like, you can't like back out of that. Yeah. Um, So I don't know. I, I just always had to like, have like a solid head of being like, all right, like I committed to this and these are my priorities and just like have a balance between the two. Yeah. Um. So like, I never, I would always make sure that I like balance everything so that yeah. I would be able to enjoy my college experience. Um. So it's just kind of a, you know, a, a game with seeing which events I would be able to go to and um, yeah. how to also grow my company at the same time. Right. Well, you, you know, you had to go grow your company through a global pandemic you know what yeah what, what was that like for you kind of navigating that process i mean i mean as far as weddings went there probably wasn't mm-hmm. much right like you know what yeah. were you doing during that time were you working on marketing were you focusing on the brand like mm-hmm. what kind of things were you doing so covid was um so that was it was a weird time obviously for everyone but for us it was like i so i think i did my first um wedding in 2019 2018 2019 um and then I got from there like I said I got like five inquiries of like people that wanted to get married or wanted us to do their weddings um and they were scheduled for like 2020 2021 um so then once COVID hit those obviously got like pushed back um and then we started like kind of full force in at the end of 2021 and then into 2022. Um, so it was kind of 2021 and 2022 were like our first year where we had like 20 plus weddings. Wow. Um, so it, it was kind of a good thing because it it was like it gave me like a good solid foundation foundation to kind of start out on. Yeah. Um, and like people, you know, I'd be working at a wedding and they would have instantly saw like my wedding I did last week. Right. Whereas like if I started in 2020 and I only did like five that year, my portfolio would have been kind of like pretty uh shallow. Yeah. Or like it wouldn't be that yeah, it wasn't in depth. Yeah. Exactly. So um I feel like having like 20 all at once and then being able to like build from there um was kind of beneficial for us. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, we've I worked with you at a wedding and they're fun. Mm-hmm. Like it's a good time yeah. and uh, but it's a grind, right? Like, you know, you're putting in 10 hour days, you know, yeah. half days or six ish hours and still a long day. Um, yeah. You know, when, when do you, you know, obviously now you're editing during the week, but how many videos a month are you producing right now? Yeah. So our, I mean, now is a really like a super busy time of year. So yeah. between like August and September, we'll probably do like 20 weddings, which is like half our weddings of the year. Wow. Um. And our turnaround time is 
right now because it's like busy season is usually like eight weeks yeah so um right now like i'll edit probably two to three weddings a week yeah um and just trying to trying to get through them um but then when it you know once january comes around we'll probably slow down and then it'll be like less editing and more kind of working on our like back end of our website or you know more marketing content adjusting mm-hmm. our pricing working on our crm systems and stuff like that so, um, so what do you do you, do you have a crm system right now so right now everything that we do is like through wix yeah. um and then we'll probably it's pretty good right now but we're probably going to adjust it um, yeah. in the winter see if there's anything else that might be better with like invoicing and like contracts and stuff like that um yeah i've been but, trying to like navigate that because I, I see all the tools in wix i use wix mm-hmm. too and um you know most of my bookings happen just like over the phone and stuff and i'm trying to find i mean obviously i write out all my own invoices and stuff so mm-hmm. um but i was trying to find a platform that could make it easier to do that uh mm-hmm. so i'm still kind of sourcing through but it's expensive it's like yeah Honey, honey books is like a good one that a lot of people use. Yeah. Um, I've heard, I've heard of that before. I wasn't sure. Like I haven't seen, I haven't like messed around with the platform, but yeah. Like I feel like anything that you use, like you just kind of like build like a system. Yeah. And that's why I like to go through like every year and just like see how things are like, what can be like most efficient. Yeah. Um, Cause you get so like in your way of like, Oh, this is like how I do things. Mm-hmm. Like right now it's like customer goes on our website. We get an email from them. I respond to the email and then I like set up a call with them Yeah, where it's like, maybe if we do it, so I don't have to like set up the call and there's like a automated system that will like go through my calendar that saves me, you know, five to 10 minutes every day, right. five different calls or emails a day. It saves like an hour out of your day. Um, so like for, for me, it's always like important to go back and see how I can like make it more automated and make it more efficient where I can actually focus on the things that are really important where it's yeah. like, editing talking with clients and stuff right. like that yeah no that makes sense for sure i mean that's really what builds the business is relationship building with your clients and mm-hmm. you know how you treat people is super super important and you know, i'm trying to preach that through a lot of the programs that i'm building now it's um you know it's business is is getting there though you know so it's mm-hmm. making those relationships and making those you know meetings happen that really what pushed yeah. the business um in this in this space at least as far as media goes you know there's a ton of content creators but it doesn't matter yeah. about that they differentiate you but based off the relationships so mm-hmm. and that's why i yeah. love weddings so much too it's because like you can get like i just had a wedding this past weekend it's like the couple booked me out from like two years ago they would like text me like every like so often just be like yeah. how we're so excited we are then like day over there and we're just like having a good time like they're like super appreciative yeah and then like end of the night they're like we're like kind of just like dancing having a like good time together they're telling me like you know how much they love the work that we do and all this stuff but it's like that's what i love to do and that's why i like like the industry that i'm in yeah um so it's cool to be able to like, if I can do that more often, mm-hmm. um, and grow those relationships, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. And you, you point, you put a point of emphasis on business of, um, how to grow a business and how you've grown a business. And, you know, over the past couple of years, you've talked, you've told me a lot about how investing money in the business back into, mm-hmm. you know, the business itself, yeah. um, you know, when you started, what were you starting out with as far as equipment, you know, as far as what your systems are now, what are you running on? And um, just mm-hmm. to give an audience a background of 
this type of stuff that you work with on a daily basis? Yeah. I mean, start off to preface this, you can make any videos with any like piece of equipment now. So like use your iPhone and do everything, whatever you want to start with. Um, for me, I was lucky that we had like Bluetooth MHS to use some of their resources. So I think we were shooting on like Canon T3Is T -I. or something. Yeah, T3Is. Yeah. So that was like the first one I would always like borrow equipment from Bluetooth in the high school to like work on projects, which is super cool. Um, and then luckily, like I come from a family that can, you know, support me and those kind of things. So like I was able to like get a laptop that would help me like edit and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but then once I like graduated high school um, and went to college, then it was more like, all right, now this is like a business. Let's start like treating it like a business and yeah. figure out how to reinvest into it and then grow on my own. Um, so once I graduated high school and didn't have any of the resources from like the high school and stuff anymore, um, bought my first like Sony camera. Um, and then from there bought like a bunch of lenses and then did a full year of weddings with like just one camera, um, and like one or two lenses. And now we, after four years have like two or three cameras a bunch of lenses and drones yeah. laptops everything in between but every year it's kind of like we have like a budget of how much i want to put back into it and then yeah um just you know i look back I'm like all right how could i sh how could i have shot this wedding better and if i had this equipment would that like how much would that help me and is it worth the money that we're going to put into it so um like next year i kind of want to get like two seventy to two hundred lenses. This is more like I mean, we're talking more camera specific stuff. Yeah. But like you know, like longer lenses to be able to do like a three camera setup on ceremonies. Yeah. And the reasoning sense. is because like I want to get the reactions more closely of like the bride and the groom, which would yeah. like in turn get like a more emotional video that I can give to like all my clients. So it's like, why am I doing it? Is it worth it? And then like kind of backtracking from there. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize behind the content what you have to do to to make it look the way it does. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I'm finding that on my own struggle with, you know, being at games that, you know, I'm not in an angle that I would like to be in and uh, sometimes uh, you know, I don't get the shot that I'm looking for and it really does make a big difference when you upgrade and and just have the equipment um, I've been talking with Trevor Gedick about, uh, you know, he's looking to get in the space and I've helped him kind of price out some, you know, cameras and whatnot. And he's looking at Lumix, he's looking at Sony. Um, and just, I told him, you know, if you're really trying to get into this space, if you're trying to uh, make it a, not more than just a hobby, you know, mm -hmm. you're going to want to obviously get that equipment that is, you know, higher end. And, you know, when you have equipment like that too, you know, you can, you know, fluctuate your price structure a little bit differently. I think when you're dealing with footage like that, um, was that something that you saw as far as, you know, once business was really taken off that, Hey, you know, you do have the equipment now that's providing you the next level media. Uh, did you experience that where you, where you were able to adjust, uh, according to what you had? Yeah, I think like in certain cases, yes. And in certain cases, no. So like there's some shots that obviously like, you, like for example, a good example of it is like the drone. So like yeah. say our package for like a wedding is like a thousand dollars, for example. Um, if that's what we're charging for a typical wedding, um, once I bought like the drone, that's like a shot we wouldn't be able to get anymore or without the drone and stuff. So then we'd be able to like add on an additional package, like add on 
which would be like 250 for like drone footage. Um, so things like that, where it's like, you're adding something that you couldn't have before, like, yes, or like say it's like 4k footage or like something like that. Um, so you can kind of the technical side of things, you can add, um, you can increase your prices on that stuff. But in general, like there's some wedding videographers that shoot on iPhones and charge more than I do for all our stuff because they're, they're so good at like getting the emotion from it. And the wedding industry is like very specific. Like some people want like film footage. Some people want um, like iPhone stuff, more casual. Yeah. Um, So it's really about like using what you have to find the niche and giving your clients what they want. Cause at the end of the day, what a client pays you is what they're going to pay you and what they think you're worth. Um, So they're not going to know like, Oh, he's shooting on like a Sony. Unless right. they're like obviously like video photographers, um, at the end of the day, they're gonna look at your portfolio and be like, you know, that's something that I would pay ten grand for, even though shooting yeah. on an iPhone. I mean, it's it's what they think it's worth it. So yeah, so that's your value proposition to it. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, it, that was one of the things that I was struggling with in the beginning was finding price points that were reasonable, uh, would pertain to my market, and um you know, would beat my competition. So, you know, I looked at part of the, you know, media industry, I'd sourced out companies that, um, you know, were for like Yukon for, uh, uh, Wesleyan and a couple others. And, you know, mostly sports teams would pay, you know, college sports teams would pay for my services in an average season around 10 grand. So I said, okay, 10 grand, I'm going to offer it for half that per game. And, and then that's where I kind of came in. I'm still kind of fighting myself with that, like that, value proposition of you know what i'm providing and how much time goes in because you know at the end of at the end of the day your time is money too yeah um you know is, is that something that you're that you've ever found as a struggle is that you don't have enough time for some of your booking like obviously you mm-hmm. get your bookings done do you ever find that time crunch though where you're like wow i i'm i'm not sure how i'm gonna pull this off <laughs> yeah like every week for the past two weeks three weeks yeah but yeah i think that's definitely something i've like thought about and like again that's kind of like in the winter where i like adjust pricing and packages based on like the demand that we have and yeah. how much time that i have um so what we'll probably do like next year and into 2025 we've adjusted our prices um and increased them a little bit more that way we can do a little bit less weddings every year and focus and give each of our clients more of a personal experience yeah. um, and then give them, you know, higher quality work or more intimate experience where we're doing more calls and going over um, what best fits the, their needs for their wedding day. Yeah. Um, with, which is something that may might not be as possible when we're doing 40 a year um, and doing like three to four weddings every weekend. Um, so, but I think that just comes from like after doing weddings for like four or five years, um we started you know at the lowest pricing and just kind of feel for like the market and where we might be able to place ourselves um and then once that demand comes in slowly increase um and figure out a good price that's fair for our clients and the the market that we're in um and also fair to us to make sure that we can be happy with you know what we're able to produce um at the price that's that's given at yeah, it's awesome, dude. It's that right there was perfectly said. Um, I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat as just how how I price my own stuff. Um, but yeah, the the future of Fitzner Productions LLC. Um, you know, I know you're in the wedding industry now. Is you know, 
what do you look, are you looking to develop that niche more? Or are you looking to, you know, potentially get into new markets in the future? Do you have your eyes set on anything in the future that interests you? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, right now, um, very thankful for like the wedding industry and that's definitely where I want to like continue like to stay. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, I think you mentioned before, like a lot of word of mouth and that really grows like pretty naturally. So we don't really do much marketing. Um, right. Our marketing budget is pretty low for every year. Um, and so a lot of that just is like supernatural or organic growth. Um, so as long as they keep coming in and we keep doing good work, um, I think that's going to like continue. Um, as far as like other markets, I definitely want to um, start getting into, you know, focusing more on like the social media marketing um, and like the corporate and commercial side of things. So helping other like small businesses grow with our like with video content, um, opening up maybe some more like retainer agreements and building off of what, what we already have um, in order to like support those companies. Um, and then there's also like there's always the room for like drone work and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I feel like I have like a good base in especially weddings and then like those other markets, but be able to like grow and then be able to hire more people to like manage those different sides of the company, mm -hmm. I think would be super cool for like the next like five years. Yeah, for sure. That's I mean, that's a space I'm trying to break into as well as that social mm -hmm. media marketing, you know, bringing Golf Junkie on board with me. And, um, you know, I, I think it was a good strategy for the both of us because, you know, the, the, the brand itself, they have about 20,000 followers on each platform. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm working to get in feeder productions media out to more people, but also get my foot in the door with product marketing, getting my foot in the door with uh, brand development stuff. And, um, you know, I got some cool plans, just, just brought on four interns to I the business. That. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's, uh, you know, I'm really excited to, to let them kind of flourish in their own, uh, you know, markets, niches, majors, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's a digital marketing intern, uh, internship, <clears throat> but, yeah. uh, each one of them has different kind of skill sets. Um, you know, one Regan, she, I brought her on, she's, uh, an apparel and merchandising. So she's going to have some, uh, you know, uh, insight on my merchandise line and the NIL line that I offer to athletes. Um, we got Kalen who he is, um, currently in the military and, uh, he's, uh, lives down in Texas and he, uh, he's going to be helping me out with the podcast. So mm -hmm. a lot of brand deals and uh, negotiating and, and figuring out ways to build the podcast brand. Um, this is, um, you know, for future, if any brands see this and you want to reach <laughs> out and send me your stuff, uh, you know, more than open to bring you on the MPU podcast. Um, and then we got two other interns, uh, Maddie and Wendy. Wendy is a softball uh, girl up at University of Albany. Uh, mm -hmm. And she's going to be really developing some of the MPU athlete programs that I have. Um, and then Maddie's going to be working on our social media and brand development. And, uh, you know, she's, uh, you know, she's sponsored by Prime. So that's pretty cool. And, um, wow. you know, just going to, work with her and, and learn how to leverage brand deals and just keep that sort of momentum going. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just a crazy space, man. Like, you know, having them all have insight now on, on the, on the initiatives that we're running, the media that we're, I'm producing, 
You know, mm-hmm. I got them trend watching. I've, I've got them, you know, researching some stuff and it's all good stuff, man. I, I'm excited because it's, you know, it's a, it's a real hot market right now. Media is everywhere. And, um, you know, that's one aspect of business that I wanted to get into in the next year. Um, so it'll be kind of cool to see how we grow that in the same space. Cause I know, yeah. you know, if you're looking to pertain to some of those markets, you know, getting brand brands to work with, it's, uh, it's ever evolving space, right? Like mm-hmm. there's new content, there's new sounds, there's new stuff to put out all the time. So, um, if you need uh, media, if your company needs media, Fisner Productions mm-hmm. LLC and Nanfito Productions LLC <laughs> may provide you with that media for social media. Um, but aside from that, like I do some, you know, um, I, I work a little bit with SEO. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, mm-hmm. um, but you know, just finding ways to just differentiate yourself from the the average media company. You know, if you're looking to break into that space, is just you know that's that's my advice and just from mm-hmm. where. I've started to, you know, push, push business. Definitely. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so we went over Fitzner Productions LLC, uh, you know, in, I know we talked a little bit about the business and their future. Um, you know, what, you know, I, I created a 10 year roadmap for myself. Um, and you kind of alluded to where you could see yourself in five years, 10 years. Um, you know, is, is there an overall goal to where, um, you would like to grow, like, I know we talked base about touching different markets. Um, you know, do you have plans to bring on more employees? Are you looking to, um, you know, grow in, in that aspect in the future? Yeah, I think so. Like depending on, um, what markets we go to, I think with weddings, I was, I'm always hesitant to like outsource, um, a lot of like editing or like oh. a lot of the stuff. Cause I feel like it's, it's super personal. And like, like I was mentioning before, if I'm doing like less weddings a year and um, making it like a more personal experience for clients, um, it's it's very hard for me to like try to convey, you know, a, someone's love story and what they want included in it and stuff like that. Um, but as far as like the corporate side, I think that's something where if I could train people to really like go out and work with different clients. Yeah. Um, Under fits and productions. Yeah. Yeah. Then that's something where we can grow. Um, but again, like honestly, when I was, 16 i didn't think i was be i would be doing weddings i was like i'm scared of doing weddings like i don't want to mess things up like yeah. i'm i can never be trusted with doing something like that and then you, you know you get like this opportunity to do it and now it's like my favorite thing to do and like it's kind of just like a machine now we just kind of run through it and we know exactly where to be and yeah um like it's something that i really enjoy so i don't know i i have like aspirations of where i think it could go um but i'm open to kind of whatever demands are out there and where where it might take me from there yeah that's awesome man i mean seize every opportunity right like mm-hmm. great example look at uh you see zach lombardo out there yeah he yeah, was he was second shooting for me yeah and then, I know. And, he, and then all of a sudden he texted me he's like yeah i got and i'm like he's like yeah he's like i'm sorry like i got i can't do this wedding like for like in the next two weeks i was like dude like that's a really really cool opportunity like don't once in a about, lifetime like, yeah yeah you know, so I was I, like don't worry about me like go and do that and he's yeah. just like he's I've, he's killing it so i've been following like the whole journey mm-hmm. uh because brad kraut he was he used to be on youtube videos with uh nick naircina or so brad kraut used to be in nick naircina's youtube videos mm-hmm. um and that's where i kind of saw this the start of it happen nick naircina was uh a part of nelk for a little while he was like a filmer for them. 
He dropped out of that group a while ago uh, and then started his own thing. And then Brad was on like for the past, like four or five months was on his YouTube just as like a a second guy. Uh, And then Brad went to school and they kind of, that's when I think the whole thing's, so he went viral for like kick the sheets. It's that's his like slogan, Uh, basically just getting up and getting after the day. Uh, And long and behold, I see, lombardo films with him i'm like what is going on (laughs) like so i reached out to him i was like dude like congrats bro like i didn't and then all these videos coming out so sees every opportunity right like i mean just a great example of someone in our space that we know that has been provided the opportunity to travel the country and Mm -hmm. you know do media so opportunities are endless in this space so that's ultimately why i was you know excited to have you on to just kind of highlight someone that's in my space, but mm-hmm. in different markets in, you know, working a different type of media, it's, you know, it's all, it's all under the same umbrella though. So, yeah, no, that's a good point. And that's what like, even coming from like UConn and I was working with um, like UConn athletics and there's like a team of like four or five of us that were working there. And now if you look at everyone, like there's one kid that works for uh, like the NBA and does like all of their, um editing and stuff like that and then another kid who's was doing like freelance for um just like a bunch of like random companies and yeah and then from there he started like building it and building it and now he's working with like messy and doing like work for the mls it's like like crazy crazy stuff where it's like if you were like talking to them in college like none of us really knew exactly where it wanted to go but yeah it just all worked out where like we put the time in and everyone's like doing their own thing and killing it so it yeah you're cool. talking about 860 productions right no 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 he's no. From UConn too yeah i don't know i wasn't i don't know the face behind 860 productions ah yeah he was so. he was at uconn and then uh he got a job with the knicks i think and then he oh. does the rangers too yeah i'm not i'm not too sure I, there was like a few other kids that were in my grade that when yeah. we graduated like we like kept up with each other yeah. Do you still keep up with like the UConn media program and stuff or? I'll text like my old boss and stuff. Um, Cause he was super cool. But when I was a, like a senior, that's when my, like the weddings really started. Like I had like a bunch of like books. Yeah. And so yeah. he was really cool with like trying to like balance my schedule and stuff. So yeah, I, I keep up with it just cause it's in my space. And yeah. I mean, the UConn media is sick. Like they've really, oh, like, yeah, yeah. like the, the football page and and everything mm-hmm. else like they they got it down to a t there so definitely gives me motivation being in that space but yeah heinz views is a he's uh yeah he i know him too stuff. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. he like revamped their entire thing like there's like one stat on like twitter that was something like the fastest growing social media pages in all football like college football and uconn was like surpassed like every other college by like 20 percent or something like yeah, it's I mean, crazy. I could be misquoting those stats, but like it was like they were number one. Yeah, and it was like mostly due because of all of his like creative directing and stuff. So yeah, it's super that's, cool. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, it really does have an impact on a program, and I'm trying to do some of the same stuff with Middletown now. So you know, mm. hopefully in the, in the future, points in the right direction, and yeah, I would love to. I'd love to get on UConn's field someday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we gotta, we gotta go back. To, go back to college. And, you know, Alex uh, Roth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I, I keep up with his stuff quite a bit. Um, yeah. So I was thinking about reaching out to him, but yeah, we'll see where it goes, man. But uh, 
Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I think pretty much we hit it. I want hit every base that I wanted to do. Is there anything that you can give my audience just as a uh, words of encouragement, looking to maybe get into the media space or, um, you know, not trying to say, figure out what they want to do after college? I was going to say, what is your, who's your like primary audience? Are there like my, a lot of. So for the podcast, it's pretty widespread. Mm-hmm. I got anywhere from 15 to 65 year olds. So it doesn't really well, matter. 65 year olds out there. Um, <laughs> I have no advice. I do should take advice from you. Um, Thanks for listening. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm like 23. I have no advice for, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I would just say like the thing that I, um, well, I guess there's a few things like, cause I'm 23. I'm like so young. Like, I feel like growing up and like saying like, oh, I have like my company. Like there's a lot of people that are older than me that were like, all right, like, ha, like cool. Like your, your company kind of thing. Um, and it was kind of like, I was always like fighting with myself. Like, oh, am I, am I really like doing this? Am I really like, um, should I really be starting my own company kind of thing? I um, the same struggles. Yeah. And, it, and I feel like it took me a few years to be like, all right, like my work is good. Like I, I can be in this industry and I, I can like run a company. Um, so I would say like, no matter like what your age is between like, if you're 16, if you're like 25, 30, like trying to like start a company, like just go and do it and let your work like speak for yourself. Um, and, and that's with like anything that you do. Um, and then also, I guess just, um, I'm blanking now. Uh, well, there's no better time to start than now. Right. Like, I think that yeah. was one of the things that you told me coming into this industry is like, dude, there's no, like, there's no good time to start. You just got to start it. And, uh, that kind of kicked my ass in gear to really get a lot of things started. And here we are today. You know, I didn't know I would have a podcast today, but you know, here we are a year and a half later and, you know, I'm hitting goals that I made for myself that were Mm -hmm. two years in advance from now. So it's, you know, it's, there's no good time to start. And, uh, I think for my audience listening, you know, if there's something that is holding you back in your life, if there's something that, you know, a, a wall or a barrier, you know, you're going to achieve that. You're going to get past that. You're going to work through it. Um, mm-hmm. I find that with business. I find that with personal life, love life, like there's always going to be struggle, but you know, mm-hmm. it's how you overcome those things and fight through those hard times to find the good ones. So it's, yeah. Um, and then I was also going to, I like blank for a second, but I was going to say too, like, um, to always like try to find the the middle ground between like your passion and like the business side of things. So like, I think the biggest thing I always say is like, there's a lot of like really, really talented like videographers or a lot of really talented like photographers. Um, but if you're only, if you only have like the talent side of it and you don't like see like, you know, where's their spot in the market for me or um, how can I add value to someone else's day or um you know, how can I provide value um, and make it into a business, then it's really hard to succeed. So like always finding that middle ground between like the business side of things. And then also like how you add your passion into that um, yeah. is is something that was pretty valuable for me growing up. For sure. I, I kind of stand on the same ground with you. It's like, let your passions drive your work, but mm-hmm. you know, come to that middle ground and be able to put business first. Cause mm-hmm. you know, you got to make business moves at the end of the day. And um, you know, if you're not making profitable 
business moves. Sometimes your passions can get in the way of making profitable business moves. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, lead with your mind, but also lead with your heart. And that's, you know, part of business. And it's just uh, the landscape of today, man. So yes, good sir. advice, bro. I appreciate you hopping on. Uh, this was episode nine of the NPU podcast, Carson Fitzner with Fitzner Productions, LLC here in Middletown, Connecticut servicing Connecticut and the Northeast for all of your wedding photography and videography needs. Um, And that is a wrap for episode nine of the MPU podcast. Thanks for having me on. Thanks boss.